0: I'd like to have
1: podcast. I've even forgotten what bloody season. I think it's 17. Quick double check. Season four. I'm pretty sure it's episode 17. Yeah, it is. Geez, that went quick. Far out. Episode 17 already, guys. Awesome. Joining me tonight, Andy Soames. Uh, Good old Andy. Thanks for uh, getting on board, mate. You've had a pretty hectic day, but you've managed to get on for the show. Thanks, brother.
2: Oh, g'day, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, been a really, really good day. All of a sudden, some magical thing happened, and all the rain went away this weekend. And it's been a beautiful day.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, two days of nothing but rainy, shitty weather, and now we had a beautiful day today. It was awesome. Absolutely right. Yeah. I
0: thought yeah, you might have been yeah. flying
1: today because the weather cleared up.
2: Oh well, I've sort of, I just we just cancelled everything for the weekend, thinking that it was just a bit of a write-off. But yeah, I was just amazed when I woke up this morning and. Yeah, it was um nice, nice day. But, uh, yeah. no, nah, it's been a bit of a family day today, mate.
1: Nice. Um, Good work. Good work. Dan. to yeah. see your kids, I think, wasn't it? Um,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah, I've nice. just been down at Burley with Smegan. here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, good day for it, man. Good day for it. Ethan's um, with us as well. Thanks for coming on board for another show, mate. Um, like I said, episode 16 for this se- – uh, 17, sorry, for this season, flying through.
3: Yeah, yeah time flies, General, doesn't it? Um, good to be here again. Thank you to everyone out there for tuning in. I'm I'm very excited for this episode. It'll be a good one. We've got a special guest who you're going to introduce. But, yeah, always a good time to, to have a chin wag with you fellas and also get the perspective of this guest as well, so – going to be a good episode
1: yeah looking forward to it myself it's going to be fun um you've obviously been pumping out the work as per usual over there at tott news so if we do have time to spare we'll we'll cross over and maybe throw an article at you um but of course all all links will be in the show notes and the members can always go and check you out over at tottnews.com but Uh, As you alluded to, uh, joining us for uh, another episode, he's back on the show. We have had him on previously. Dr. Graham Lyons joins us. Graham, how are you going, mate? Thanks for uh, coming on board for a chat, mate.
4: Oh, going well, uh, General, uh, flat out. Uh, It's always a pleasure and a privilege to join you uh, gentlemen up there. Uh, I apologise for a slightly croaky voice. I've had uh, sinusitis for several weeks. I actually got it first when I was up in Brisbane a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I've almost got on top of it using ivermectin. Oh, so right. I've dosed myself up with that for the last three days, and uh, it's uh, it's really uh, it's made a difference, I think, and I'm just about right. So yeah, I'll be heading up Mount Lofty tomorrow night, I think.
1: That's, you usually often go walking up there, don't you, for fitness and stuff?
4: Well, uh, I or don't just running. walk in general.
3: Yeah. I go,
4: go as fast as I can, and uh, most of it's running. Uh, mm. And... Uh, when i i always do it when i get particularly angry with uh, what's happening to us at the moment so uh, you can imagine Imagine. i want to go up there pretty well every day (laughs) Uh,
1: multiple times
4: uh, a day mate (laughs) such hard yakka that uh, i can't do it that often but i aim for once a week yeah
1: good on you mate and i mean you're not you're not exactly like out of the four of us here, you're the senior gentleman of the group here at the moment, mate. And you're you're running up mountains. I mean, you'd probably fucking run rings around us. I mean, Andy'd well, probably give you a run for your money, but
4: Ethan yes, and I'll be no, lagging
1: behind, I reckon.
4: Now you blokes all look pretty fit. Yeah. But yeah, I've got a few years tucked away. In fact, yeah, I'm coming up to 68 actually. Yeah, good on you. Wow, awesome. <laughs>
1: Wow, that's nice. That's yeah. You're doing well, mate. For 68, fit as a fiddle, mate. Good to see, you. and still spry, oh, still all there you. upstairs, mate. That's that's what's most important.
4: Well, not everyone thinks that way, general. Oh, uh, yeah. Some uh, some members of my family think I'm think I'm a bit of a crank. I think, and uh, <laughs> virtually everyone everyone I used to work with at the uni. Uh, uh, well, I'm a pariah there, but uh, most of them think I'm a crank. Uh, so. Uh, some of them might think I've uh, I've lost a few uh, bricks off the load.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, just because you uh, have learnt to think for yourself and expand your mind a bit more, as well as speak your mind, I mean, it doesn't mean you're a crank. That's for sure. It just means that they're not prepared to hear what you're offering. I reckon.
4: Oh, thanks for that uh, endorsement, General. Yeah, no, well,
1: more than welcome to mate. Um Speaking of uh, down things uh, back home there in uh, good old Adelaide, because that's where you are, just down there in South Australia um you probably would have noticed over the last couple of weeks there's been a lot of articles being pushed and thrown out um with regards to all of us on the eastern side of the country here you know they're winding back all of these um so-called mandates and rules and you know regulations for having to be you know have all your COVID vaccines in order to you know work and fly and whatever else and they're starting to wind all these sort of back a bit now they're not gone completely of course as as we always mentioned but they are sort of winding them back now we're sliding, slowly starting to see them creep across to the other side of the country now what what are we seeing over there in south australia can you are you are, are you as free as you ever were or are you you know what's the deal Now right? give us a bit of an update on what's happening there in south australia in terms of you know can you still walk out and go visit places and go into a hospital without having to have your jabs and all this sort of rubbish
4: Yes, I would suggest it's similar to what uh, you're seeing in uh, Brisbane there, General. The, <clears throat> the uh, uh, look, I haven't been into a hospital for farewell. I haven't seen a, a doctor for years. I hope never to see them again, given uh, how they've disgraced themselves in this uh, episode. They, they've revealed themselves as uh, utterly subservient to evil big pharma. And mm-hmm. uh, I think if I break a leg or something, I'd probably rather go and see a vet or a, a natural path and and chance my uh, uh, self there. But the uh, uh, no the uh, what you, we're seeing here is similar. You uh, you don't uh, I think you're probably expected to wear a mask if you go into a hospital here or sometimes even the chemist shops uh, have notices out there. I haven't been in a chemist shop for ages either. Um, uh, the uh, but. The mandates continue, <clears throat> oh, the, the quacks mandate, you, people know what I'm referring to by quacks, I think. you have heard my stuff often enough. Yeah, the, Jimmy ja-
1: jabs, yeah, whatever you call yes, them. Yes, yeah. the,
4: the Jabaroos <laughs> still apply <laughs> to, uh, to health workers in this state. And, uh, um, of course, well, I should perhaps leave this till later, but this judicial review that we've got going here is still going. People often ask me about that, uh, thinking it's gone a bit quiet. But uh, the six plaintiffs uh, include two. Well, they have all people who've lost their jobs over quacks mandates. They refuse Mm -hmm. to take the poison. And uh, two of those people are health workers. Two are police, two are teachers, and uh, who are the other two? They're, uh, They're police officers. And uh, But, yeah, the, the mandates have been, been relaxed in all of those except the health workers, but you've still got these uh, corporations which have continued the mandates, and that's mm. obviously an important part of their agenda.
1: Yeah, because so, they don't but, have to. They've been told that they, they're like, your industry's okay, you don't have to mandate these workers, and the industries have just gone, well, too bad, we're setting our own rules now. That's
4: you know, right, We've seen that right. a lot, aren't we? Yes, well, that's right. That's because they've been told, too, by, uh, I think uh, Ethan refers to them as the controllers. I think that's a bit benign for me. You know, I call them the global parasites. They've they've obviously, through their their pyramidal method of control, uh, the way they've enacted this entire atrocity, they've uh, got through to the uh, heads of all these corporations telling them that you keep the mandates on. And so, in fact, I met a person, a Brazilian man, very nice person on Friday at the local cafe down here. He contacted me, um, got hold of my email from the uni, uh, having seen my latest uh, address. It was my farm talk. Uh, You might have seen that was about 40 minutes long up at the farm. I had my usual rant about the things and uh, he liked what I was saying and got hold of me and asked me if there were any things I could suggest to him to help him with his case, or perhaps uh, get him in touch with Stuart Lindsay, which I have done. Um, and he was he's virtually at the end of his tether there with uh, trying to hang on to his job because they've tried to make him get quacks, and he won't. And uh, because back in Brazil, he had two bad reactions to vaccines before, <clears throat> and he knows that... Uh, if he were forced to take this one, he would get a bad reaction. Mm-hmm. And so his latest, uh, the, the latest diktat from Qantas has been uh, by noon last Friday. This was a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. He had to present them with a an, an appointment with an immunologist. So a referral from his GP to an immunologist to, to indicate to them that uh, he was taking a pathway there to Uh, at least uh, attempt to get a medical exemption, which they would not grant. Let's face it, who grants medical exemptions? Mm -hmm. And he contacted me and I then got in touch with a doctor that I know who's stood up against all this rubbish Mm -hmm. uh, to see if there are any immunologists out there who might possibly give this person an exemption, obviously to any thinking person with a, a modicum of common sense, He needs to get an exemption. Well, every every person on earth should have an exemption. Who wants to take poison? Um, Exactly. But at any rate, the outcome of this was that uh, this very good GP who I know uh, was unable to find any immunologists around uh, South Australia who she thought would grant this person an exemption. So how weak are they? How Mm. pathetic? You know, these people, if they've got a, a pair of I shouldn't use expletives, although you do, General, now and again. That doesn't it. worry me. Fire but, away. Uh, these fucking people, if they tried to find their cojones, they need a fucking magnifying glass yes. even a, a bloody microscope. What weak <laughs> bastards they are. <laughs> Absolutely. The sort of stuff that sends me running up and down Mount Lofty. They there are is. so weak. There's yeah. hardly any of them who stood up. There was one doctor recently in... in uh, Brisbane, I think it was. He's probably lost his job by now. That was well publicised. Good on him. There's a handful I know down here, but very few. So. Uh, and what, what industry
1: uh, was this Brazilian chap working in?
4: He was working. He's he's sort of on contract to Qantas. Uh, right, uh, airline. It's a, okay. It's an outfit that deals with CASA. You know the uh-huh. uh, the, the, the government authority. regulatory yeah. body for people who fly, and he would know all about them. But he. He had sort of uh, clearance to uh, walk outside of the airports and all the way up into cabins so he could view their their, their logs and what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a while, he, he's been put on working at home and they wouldn't let him walk out on the tarmac. But he's been on full pay till about now, but he's getting near the end of the road. So uh, Stuart will have advised him on late on Friday uh, as to what he thinks he should do. But uh, he, he's not going to take the, the fucking quacks. And uh, so we're getting people like this with these, these pathetic corporations who are continuing these mandates, even down to fairly small companies. Stuart's got another case going. And, you know, he does all his work pro bono. He, he does it for free. Yeah, he's a uh, good yes, he orchestrates these cases. And then uh, often a paid lawyer or a barrister needs to be involved. Uh, but he points the right ones. Uh, he's got one with Cooper's Brewery. Are their products popular up there in the, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Cooper's yep, Pale yep. Ale, man, beautiful. Well, perhaps we can make them a little less popular because, right. Here uh, we go. yeah, Dr. Tim Cooper, who's a medical doctor, who's the head of Cooper's, brought in a quacks mandate. Uh, I think it was late-ish last year, and a number of people have lost their jobs over that. Yeah. including two very good Serbian employees, long-term valuable employees of Cooper's. They got kicked out early this year. And so Stuart's taken on their case. And uh, ever since this occurred, uh, we don't drink any of their products. And yeah, right. uh, okay, we had the to chance today. I, met, I saw Stuart around about lunchtime today and we wanted the stout and, uh, we had a very good one made uh, in McLaren Vale, south of Adelaide, and we didn't have Coopers. Good, so good uh, that, that's man. a case uh, before the Fair Work Commission and uh, not before the Supreme Court, which the other one is. Um, so there's there's plenty happening down here. But yeah. these, these companies are an absolute disgrace. They're op- operating unlawfully, unconstitutionally, in defiance of the Nuremberg Code and getting away with it because yeah. – Let's face it, what people have the uh, the money and the time to take them to court? And uh, a lot of our courts have been shown to be corrupted. They oh, won't Biola. necessarily find against these illegal activities that these companies are involved in. So. Because God yeah, forbid they of... could set a
1: precedent, Graham. God forbid they should set a precedent yeah, in favour exactly. of us. You know, like,
4: exactly. Yeah. And look, I've, I've got to watch out what I say, I suppose, in terms of contempt of court. But the <laughs> the Supreme Court judge hearing the case of the the six uh, people who lost their jobs in this state has shown herself to be fairly aligned with the state. She oh, would say yeah. she wouldn't even allow so-called Professor, fake Professor Spurrier, and you probably saw that. Uh, oh,
1: that was a good video. I'll have to put that, that in video? the show notes.
4: Did you see the video? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, uh, I, think I shared e, it with the boys
1: as well. Uh,
4: I'm not sure that Professor Spurrier is all she appears to be, uh, and uh, Dr. Chance certainly isn't, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, any rate, uh, no, I didn't know.
1: I'll, I'll share it with the boys in the group. It was a great. Yes, it was, I'm not sure
4: whether you want yeah, to make. I don't want to spoil it's, it. It's, it's pretty explosive stuff. Uh, mm. A lot of people really might think I'm a crank when I get onto this stuff. Uh, <laughs> even Stuart thinks I am. <laughs> so uh, I don't dare say any more to him about it. He's he's quite straight laced, you know. I'm, I'm not so straight laced. But any rate, uh, this judge wouldn't even allow Professor Spurrier to be cross examined. And she's the person who instituted all of these idiot COVID diktats. She's 1984,
3: the as I minister, it. isn't she?
4: she? Yeah, she, she allowed her to, to be just uh, to leave the court after about 10 minutes, not answer any questions. Stuart and the yeah. others tried to put out another subpoena and the, the judge wouldn't allow it. So that's where she stands.
3: Yeah, well, look what happened in in New South Wales when the, they tried to challenge it there in the Supreme Court. There was a number of court cases there with the whole um, lawyer firms that were getting together um, during the pandemic period. And the first thing that New South Wales Health did was determine that Brad Hazard and uh, Dr Kerry Chant, they shouldn't have to personally uh, testify or be a part of the court case. It was actually them against the health department and that was the, the very first court hearing it was like fifty thousand people watching the live stream mm, online that's and right. the first thing they said was well this is being raised against <laughs> dr kerry chant and brad hazard personally we don't think that should be the case it should be you are taking this up with the health department this was not there they are just following what the health department said so you can't get them personally for that which is just a load of nonsense so very similar things happening in other cases across the country well no it's it's i'm just following orders i'm i'm just uh, the minister following the experts i don't have to be cross-examined and now yeah. they're using that as well in an opposite to ensure that other people don't get cross-examined either you know yeah i'm going to
1: just quickly it's a screen-
3: whole system
1: i'm just going to quickly screen share this one because i wanted to also touch on this um let me know when you've got my screen there gentlemen
0: yep oh yes Yes. all
1: right so ethan put this up it was back in march though so i wanted to just quickly get your because i don't think we've spoken to you since this but uh my body my choice dr graham lyons wins fight against pcr test refusal so just just don't have to go in uh great detail uh graham but just tell us a little bit about this particular case because not everyone may actually know what this was about and uh we'll give it give us a quick rundown brother
4: Yes, General, that was for refusing to take the fake uh, COVID PCR test uh, about the end of March last year, coming back from Brisbane. Uh, And uh, because I know it's it's fraudulent, Uh, Carrie Mullis has said that repeatedly when he was alive, Uh, and uh, it's very good as a laboratory test, but uh, it does not detect viruses, yet they're still using it now. I, I tuned in by mistake to the ABC News about two mornings ago, because I like to listen to ABC-FM, the the orchestral sort of station, classical. Same rubbish on the news. 5,000 cases yesterday in New South Wales. Not one of them is a case. It's a false positive to a fake test, and the other tests they they use uh, are no better. So it's fraudulent from the ground up, and I knew that when I arrived at the airport there, and was told to take three of these tests over the next day one, day five and day 13. I told them I, I wasn't going to take any of them. And uh, they added 10 days instantly to my house arrest, which was already 14 days, uh, par for the course. Uh, and uh, so I was house arrested for 24 days, then slugged with a $1,000 fine, which I refused to pay. And so then it went to court. and. Uh, Eventually, they dropped the case against me. It was too hard for them. They, they never answered any of our questions, which uh, questioned their procedure, which was flawed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess by them dropping it, that was a bit clever. It didn't set a precedent in the court, uh, didn't get to the courtroom. In fact, I never appeared because I won't wear a face nappy. So I was left out on the street. Uh, but the, <laughs> uh, the lawyer represented me. And so, yeah, to me, that's, that's a win. All right, it cost me a bit more than a thousand dollar fine, and my, my wife never lets me forget it either. So, but to me, it was a win. There was no way they were going to ever get me to take that test. It, it's if this thing's so bad, it can be detected in a, a, a saliva sample. But of course, they uh, God knows what's their, what they're shoving up your, your nose near your brain. They're probably sampling your DNA and sending it to Henry Palaszczuk for his collection. Yeah, over uh, in China there, yeah. Yeah, so I won't submit to any any of that bullshit. And one of my uh, tenets of operating is live not by lies, which comes from Solzhenitsyn, 1974. So the whole COVID thing is a lie. And uh, so I do not uh, submit to any anything that uh, has anything to do with it.
3: There and it's go. really well good, done. too, because you... You were facing up against the wall, mate. You you say in the video that um, Mao released, and, you know, that's mostly Mal releasing that, you know, sending that through, that that was a, a win for you guys. But you mentioned you had a string of officers come to your house during that period, you were under house arrest, all of this type of stuff that you had to go through. You were facing two years in jail or a $20,000-plus fine for, you know, trying just saying that no I refuse and I want my uh, medical um, bodily integrity intact it, you were up against some big consequences mate so it absolutely is a win and 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 a lot of people have said that it's you know it, it was a very popular piece to get that news out there a lot of people were saying that what a champion especially on facebook you know a couple hundred comments what a champion more <clears throat> people should be like graham and it, it is inspiring that's, mm. that's the type of mentality. If more people were like that, um, there'd be a much, much bigger shift of wave of mentality
4: with yeah. people.
1: Yeah, it's definitely inspiring, Graham. And I'm so glad that you've stuck to your guns and you came out on top of that one, mate. It's fantastic to see. Oh, no, thanks,
4: guys. Uh, perhaps mm. I should join Facebook and I can see some of those comments. <laughs> no, don't I just, do that. Yeah. Don't do no, that. <laughs> they, they soon kick me off we will just send you some screenshots. But no, look, I just operate. There's a, a small voice in my head that tells me how to operate and uh, uh, to hell with the consequences. Uh, and if if I can be of some sort of a, a um, an example to others, uh, then uh, well and good. Uh,
1: it's funny you should say that, that. That voice in your head was like, no, no, you keep fighting this. You know, you you know you're right here. Stand by. You Could you imagine though? Imagine what that voice would be telling you if you'd have done the test and caved and succumbed, that voice in your head would be going, you weak as fuck. Like, yes, what are you exactly. doing? And that would be with uh, you for the rest of your life. And you will be exactly, sitting there listening General. to that stupid voice in your head having a crack at you because yeah. you did the wrong thing.
4: No, you've got I to. I couldn't live with that, that myself. No fucking way, yeah. Yeah, you heart of the matter, General. To me, it's a case of uh, every day, can I look at myself in the mirror at the end of each day? And uh, I'm happy to say so far since February uh, 2020 i uh, i have been able to sometimes you guys know what it's like people will attack you for not wearing a mask and stuff uh, when when there's a mandate for it and uh i, I haven't got an exemption I, I can't be bothered going to any doctors i give myself an exemption i reckon i yeah. know my me and my body a whole lot better than any doctor out there and so uh I'm happy with my exemption. But uh, it sometimes gets you in an (coughs) uncomfortable position. But uh, Mm. uh, as long as you can look in the mirror at the end of the day um, and not shrink away in shame, Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I aim for. And that's what what I wonder about so many of these doctors. Do they uh, live in a house with no mirrors? Yeah, good point.
1: Yeah, they must (laughs) do.
4: These doctors are still jabbing people with this poison, and they must know it's doing damage they must know it They're makes you wonder bored.
1: what they see when they look into that mirror hey you yeah know? what do they see seriously hey do see, they even it's like a gonna, shadow of a fucking person that used to yeah, be there? Was, you know they probably can't even uh, look themselves in the face they probably look at parts of their face because they don't want to look at themselves in the eyes you know what i mean
4: yeah no i, I can't understand it and mm. you know there was a, a case uh, uh, you were originally talking about that lady lying on the floor of a hospital. Yeah, we're just about to bring that up, actually. Yeah, sorry, you, you go ahead.
1: Allow yeah. me to, if that's all right. So I mentioned earlier, um, gentlemen, that in South Australia, this was on the 24th of June, so only about a week or so ago, a um, disturbing photo from an Aussie hospital Sparks investigation. An image of a woman lying on a cold hospital floor has highlighted the desperate plight of one state's health system. <laughs> Uh, the patient's family shared the photo on Facebook and said their mother was forced to sleep on the emergency department floor of Flinders medical center in Adelaide while she waited for more than five hours with stomach pains on Saturday night. Um, and it's got a picture of her there faces blurred out, but, um, horr- horrified observers shared the outrage on social media. This is an absolute disgrace. One person wrote, I love how they quote social media comments and articles. God, it makes me laugh. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, this shouldn't be happening in a country like Australia, while another woman retold her own horrific experience inside the Flinders Medical uh, Centre emergency department. Honestly, I have never seen anything quite like it, she wrote on Facebook. It was like something out of a movie. People wall to wall. I asked the nurse, is this normal? And she said, yes, this is how it is now, uh, all day, every day. So now it's the new normal, there, Graham, because it's wall to wall people getting the GB jabs. Uh, The the post has uh, since sparked South Australian government to launch an investigation. I won't continue on with the article there, but I'll just quickly uh, jump on the screen share here so for the uh, members can see it. Um, Of course, links will be in the show notes for everyone, but there you go. There's the photo in question there, everyone. You can see this woman on a hospital floor. I mean... In terms of she had you know stomach pains i mean of course in a triage situation in an emergency room they're not really going to attend to someone with stomach pains but and that's probably what they do with you but the, the fact that there are no beds no chairs no nothing to wait on like it just seems very strange um but it again it does highlight we can say like i kind of say in the article there highlights the plight uh of the uh, adelaide or the south australian health industry but what it's really, we know what it's really highlighting, the plight of, I mean, my goodness me, I just had um, a gentleman who goes by Citizen 8, I've mentioned him on the show before, We just just now as we were chatting before, he sent me a message and he says, he goes, good evening, General, just had, a word, uh, just had word that the Hugh Hendon Hospital in North Queensland is being set upon by lots of people suffering heart attacks. My girlfriend works in the hospital in Richmond, the town next to it, and was talking to a nurse from there. Three weeks ago, a man in his 30s collapsed at a service station from a heart attack. And then this poor guy here as well. Uh, this is a small kind of country town in you know North Queensland. And yet they are getting overwhelmed by people suffering heart attacks out of the blue. Isn't that crazy, hey? Yeah, well, I, wonder, I wonder what it is, gentlemen. I wonder what's causing all these heart attacks and stuff. And the, the, the plight of these health industries is now stretched thin. Oh, my goodness. Graham. Mate, this is in your backyard here, Flinders Medical Centre. Do you know, is this somewhere you've been if you do, job of this place? Um, sounds like we should keep as far away from it as possible.
4: Well, I know of... <coughs> pardon me, Flinders, uh, down, General. Uh, the uh, it, it could be any of our hospitals here. Uh, the uh, it, It's one of our well-known ones, and uh, I, I think there's few aspects to this, and uh, I think Andy and uh, Ethan would... Uh, have a perspective on this as well, or an opinion. Um, I think we're seeing a, a bit of a drumming up of uh, hysteria to justify uh, a future, another mask mandate, and some more border closures and things like that. So they will make it. There looks, is
1: whispers of that coming again. I will say yeah. that. I've been hearing a lot of talk about, well, oh, we should bring the mask mandates back. And countries yeah, like Ireland are now saying they're going to bring them back. And oh, my goodness.
4: Yeah, so, so they'll make it look as if the hospitals are overwhelmed with COVID cases or uh, next thing it'll be monkeypox cases or whatever.
1: No, that's gone so, now, didn't you know? <laughs> that's,
4: that's, yeah. Well, it, uh, in a back seat. <laughs> if, if they are uh, full up with people, I think we all know that it's uh, it's quacks injuries. It's not, uh, they're horses. not full of the unvaccinated. They're full of uh, vaccinated people who are suffering from the quacks and, uh, we're getting our so-called public health officials lying to our faces on the mm-hmm. TV or not that I watch it anymore, but I've heard this. I've heard them on the radio telling you outright lies that all of almost all of these people in the hospital are the unvaccinated, mm-hmm. absolute rubbish. It's an example of uh, satanic inversion. You, you turn things upside down and uh, that's what we're seeing in fact, whenever I see an ambulance go past and you you often see them, it's the same when I'm up in Brisbane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I point, it, point to it to it unless I'm with a family member. I'm not allowed to talk about COVID up there <laughs> when I'm with the family. I think <laughs> I've told you guys that. the uh, I don't mention the quacks up there. I walk a fine line with my family. I, I don't want to alienate them, but um, none of them support my stance on this. And so when I go up there for two weeks at a time, I try not to mention it, but I'm sorely tested at times. I can tell you my younger daughter on the second but last visit I had uh, mentioned the death of Shane Warne. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine what uh, I could have said. We all know that he was killed with wax. And and I said, well, Henrietta, um, yes, he he was a a bit of a smoker, wasn't he? And... uh, he didn't have a very good diet. He just he lived on baked beans. Not that they're bad; they're quite good for you. Um, but yeah, but the, he cleaned uh,
1: himself up though when he was towards the end. There he was well, fit. he, you know, he, he was, was
4: meant to be on on a liquid diet or something. Some of the papers said that's what killed him. At any rate, I didn't say. Oh look, look dear. It was you know it was the quacks that killed mm. him. Uh, surely you're aware of that. So I, I held my tongue. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I try to be good when I'm up there. But, uh, yes, when, you, when I see an ambulance, I, I just say, there's another quacks injury on the way to the hospital. Yeah, uh, that's what we as say As you too. mentioned, yeah. General, heart attacks. Andy, I think you just come back from the Gold Coast. I think they've had a half marathon or something there. A doctor fell, collapsed. I, I'm still not sure whether it was just before the race or just after said he was at the start-finish line, it was the same line, and he was carted off to the uh, the nearby hospital with uh, with a heart attack. Uh, I think he was about 53, a well-known doctor up there. Um, we're seeing this stuff all the time. Yep. King Curley, the great knuckles, uh, the greatest one of the greatest South Australian uh, AFL footballers ever. He died about three days ago. And uh, as soon as I saw this, I thought, yeah, another another yeah, another mm-hmm. quack, like poor old Roy Simons up yep. side of Townsville. And, uh, yeah, Curly was out there, okay, well into his 80s, but he was a fit person and uh, out collecting firewood near his uh, home up in the Riverland and ended up driving off the road and through a fence and died. So met with Stuart Lindsay today. He said, yes, I've heard from some inside footballer people. Curly had his fourth shot very recently. Oh, my God. Yeah, so someone close – this guy, he was a well-grounded person, strong-willed man, uh, one of the toughest footballers we've ever produced. Um, Someone close to him had coerced him into taking this fucking poison, just like a friend of mine who was on death's door – who used to attend the freedom rallies with me up until uh, August last year, sometimes used to hold my placard for me while I was giving a talk. Someone rather close to him coerced him into getting it along with his doctor. He is now on palliative care. He's he's within a week of dying, I would suggest. Far due to the quacks. So this is the sort of stuff we're seeing. And another, a classic case, and this is the irony of ironies. The uh, you I hadn't heard this. So it must have been while I was up in Queensland uh, uh, in May. Um, the 26-year-old daughter of the head of the AMA in South Australia died in her sleep, and uh, they they attribute this to what do they call it? Uh, sads. Sads. Yes, she died of <laughs> sads.
0: So Fuck me.
4: Uh, and. Uh, Yes, the head of the AMA, Michelle Aitchison. Uh, look, I feel very sorry for them. Uh, uh, my sympathy goes out to her and her husband. Uh, I think they're both doctors. But uh, no mention of um, of the vax. She you know, when do- they
1: don't vax. mention it in those articles, it means they are vaccinated. Yes,
4: that's yeah, right. They, they that's only still-
1: mention it yep. if the person is not vaccinated. They'll yes, say, oh, an unvaccinated right. person or a... Or, or someone who hasn't had all their boosters, you know that's they'll they'll they love saying that. But anyone who's up to date, yep. they will never mention it. That's how you know they are.
4: Yes, yeah. so so this is the deception that we're living Ooh. through now, the yep. the pure evil that's manifesting day after day. Um, you know when I give talks, I uh, talk about the Vayas system in uh, USA, which uh, is a very flawed system. Uh, you can multiply the VAERS data by probably at least 40. I use a factor of 40. And if you do that, you're up to about 1,100 deaths now from the quacks in the USA. Some would say that's well under what it really is. And then you've got the rest of the world on top of that. So Mm. similar story here, much lower numbers, of course. But the thing is wreaking havoc and it's still being rolled out. Uh, but a lot of people, I think, are waking up to it. Uh, we had them trying to roll them out at 40 primary schools here uh, over recent weeks. and wow. uh, And they, uh, you know, try, targeting the 5 to 11-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't have much of a take-up. That's oh, the message well, I heard. Yeah, that's the, best,
1: that's the my, best news.
4: Some of my colleagues were picketing some of these places. Certain other people were... Uh, Defacing the COVID nineteen vaccination banners that they had attached to these schools. Nice. Um, I, I won't say who some of those people might have been, but uh, there were there are some things done against them, and uh, so there's a fight back. And uh, and then we've got Mister E doing a transvestigation of our chief public health officer, which was uh, rather Absolutely. interesting to see. And uh, so there, there's stuff happening. But uh, the uh, yeah the irony of irony is the the only daughter of the head of the AMA. So I'm trying to trying to put myself into the head of uh, the mother there. Um, if she uh, she can't admit to even to herself that uh, I hope we're still with you there, General. Uh, yep. That uh, the daughter died from the quacks because that implicates her. She mm. would have. Uh, maybe coerced her into taking it because uh, Dr Aitchison had been an avid uh, uh, coercer or supporter yeah, in the community yeah. of, of the vax, telling telling Probably. all the health workers they needed to get their fourth shot. Mm. So she's very implicated. Um, so what does she do? She can't do anything. And, but she she wouldn't have the, the courage to actually step back and not uh, – not recommend it to the general public, she'll still keep doing it. And, you know, this is why people like that are appointed in their positions by Big Pharma to do exactly what they're doing. And Mm. we see this across the world. To me, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's it's pathetic. And I'm not going to say, no, she didn't deserve what she got. That would be uh, mean of me to say that. I I sympathise with that family, but uh, we're seeing a lot of this sort of stuff. Uh, Yeah, we are. I used to think doctors were smart, and hell, I've got some in my own family, and my own daughter, is is, she's smarter than I am in um, the way she performs uh, academically, but I guess I'm the one with the big picture view. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I I can't understand their thinking. They're, They're just literally indoctrinated. By the Rockefeller medical education system, which they took over in about uh, 1910, and uh, vaccination is one of the pillars of so-called modern medicine, yeah. which has shown itself to be an abomination. Mm. And uh, in well, they, can't,
1: well, they, yeah, they can't sorry. teach. They can't teach critical thinking these days, do they? Like you can try yeah. in you can try and instill it in in an upbringing of, of your children or friends or whatever and you know to to question things more you know and to to think more critically of things rather than just being accepting of this this you know the the, the priest class and the white lab coats you know handing down their sermon and saying this is how it is and you'll learn this and you'll memorize this and that's the that's the law that's the rule you know instead of being you know people need to be taught. To question it you know, think critically ask them why why is this so why do I have to do this why are you doing this what's the reason behind that you know explain it to me don't just say that's it that's the rule you know what I mean so people that they, they, they can learn from books all day long you know Graham they can be straight-A students in schools nail university become the best-paid doctors in the world and not have a clue how to think for themselves all, they do, all they're doing is literally regurgitating information that they've brought, they've put, they've been soaked up through books and whatever else. What do I need to do to get an A on this? <laughs> I'll, I'll learn this and I'll regurgitate that for the exams, and whatnot. You know, maybe they're good with their hands and maybe they're good with you know the practical side of things as well. But they lack this skill of of questioning things, the simple art of simply asking questions: why, how? You know, these simple questions. You know they just don't do it mate you know that's this like i said people can be super smart they have massive IQs, but it doesn't mean they're actually intelligent you know it doesn't mean they actually um have an ability to understand things properly or, or the reason why they're understanding things you know like that's what we try and do i guess we try and you know broaden more horizons ask the deeper questions and encourage people to think for themselves and to think critically and ask those crucial questions of why um I might want to shift gears a little bit now because we're getting to about 40 minutes in the show. Now, the uh, the next thing, uh, next topic I wanted to sort of cross into um, for this one, folks. I'm sure everyone out there, all the listeners, you would have seen this. Plenty of headlines. I mean, look, it started probably a few weeks ago in terms of lettuce, you know, like there was no lettuce. It's a, you know, we're in a lettuce crisis now, uh, boys. Um, then it was, you know, previously, of course, before that, it was toilet paper and this... Artificial scarcity—they've been pushing onto everyone, you know. Fair enough, there might not have been uh, the usual lettuce suppliers that you know your supermarkets would have used, but they could have—they could have gone to somewhere else, interstate or somewhere else to procure those things. But maybe the cost was a bit too much, or they're just too lazy, or <laughs> maybe it's part of the plan. This is what we want to try and get into a bit more now because we're seeing it with a lot of things. Um, it's still happening now. My my wife will go to the shops and she'll be like, Oh, there was hardly any of this, this time, there was hardly any of that, or this is super expensive right now. And um, you yeah, know, we've been told it was because of the floods, you know, down south in the last, you know, couple of months ago. Um, we were told all these reasons and stuff, but yet that's kind of gone now I and mean, they've they've If they're smart at what they do, which they are, they can actually bring in food from uh, other areas like, you know, from up in the Darling Downs, for example, and and stock everyone up with lettuce and whatever else they need. You know, it's this, in in my point of view, it's an artificial scarcity. That's where I land on this. It's to make us look like there's not enough food to go around and gives them a reason to charge more for things and stuff. So I wanted to sort of steer the conversation this way a little bit now. Um, So headlines, I'll just quickly screen share for the uh, members. Here we go. You got me there, boys? Yep, sure. So this one, of course, out of the daily fail. Um, Australians are warned to prepare for a food supply crisis that could cause even more empty shelves at supermarkets. So lots of these sorts of headlines we're seeing. Um, I did save more, but I haven't brought them up on the tabs here. But this is basically just the example I wanted to sort of throw at you but they're saying it's because of things like global warming and the war in ukraine and climate change you know they throw all these things at us of course it's all absolute bullshit we have more australia can provide more than enough food for all of us you know what i mean that's 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 just common knowledge that everyone knows this like well, maybe not everyone knows it but all the producers out there know this we waste and throw away a lot of food purely because supermarkets don't want to pay the you know the growers the right prices so all the growers pack up all their food and and literally send it to landfills you know what i mean because we have more than enough food it's all about pricing and stuff i want to just kind of go around the table here first of all and just ask everyone if this is if you've all noticed this i'm sure you have but i want to just we'll go to andy first andy if you're still listening just chuck yourself off mute there for me um are we all noticing this big push for food shortages and um and what you think it means and what you've seen just in your own shopping and stuff like that are you seeing the same sort of thing Andy
2: yeah um I know it's just yeah I see a lot of fear porn hey like mm-hmm. it's just the thing about the lettuces like and that was just is absolutely like like ridiculous actually I've got my wife sitting next to me is, is food been really expensive Philly? well food has been more
0: expensive but
2: She's not coming through too clear, Andy. Oh.
1: just reiterate what she's saying.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. So basically, what you're saying, a lot of things, a lot of things are just the same.
4: but it's just certain
2: products that are like, and and you mentioned lettuces, that are just ridiculous at the moment. But really, you know, it's 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 not that bad, really. If 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 you can't make can't make a meal minus like lettuces, then well, there's something wrong with you. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's every, everything's okay. It's just the fear porn in overdrive like usual. Mm. Um, okay, you know, so that's 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 what we think anyway. That's what we see.
1: Because they talk about that, you know an iceberg lettuce skyrocketed to twelve dollars in some east coast supermarkets. I never saw him go past like four or five dollars for a massive big iceberg lettuce at my local one, you know, which is it is above average. That's about probably three dollars more than you would normally pay uh, for a massive big iceberg lettuce. But I mean, uh, yeah, I just don't, I didn't see it happening to be honest.
2: Um, and it wasn't that yeah. bad, was it? It, it
4: wasn't, was. Well, the, oh.
2: the situation isn't that bad. And no. like like um, Billy just said to me, it depends where you're shot. you shop. Know, like we, we don't go to the big majors. Hardly at all.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, like we don't sort of notice that sort of drama sort of you know, unfolding. The local little vegos and stuff that we go to too, so everything's, everything's pretty much same-same going ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah. In fact, there's a lot of things that are coming into season which are dirt cheap, like, yeah, you know, fruit and vegetables. You know, there's bananas. Yeah, like, yeah, They were like, yeah, get a bucket of bananas, fill it to the top for 20 cents. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like fucking <laughs> – Things are so People cheap, you know. Like it's just certain things, and it's if it's slightly out of season, then yeah, it might be harder to grow. Yeah, maybe things do get affected by weather. That's not that's not a yeah. a, a misnomer. That does actually happen. But since when is it? Yeah, it just does my head in. That I think it's definitely artificial. But. Uh, I might just cross to, uh, to Ethan because so you, so you definitely you've noticed it, but it's fear, fear porn. That's what Andy says. Ethan, what's your take on this food so-called crisis? Are we in a crisis? Is it manufactured? Are you noticing anything different in your shopping habits, mate?
3: Well, that's the thing, General. I I, I guess the the key thing about articles like this is that they're warning for a coming food crisis. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've really only just come out of the world being shut down for like, you know, a few months, even back in February or whatever. It was still – people were still – we had our our big Freedom Summit in (laughs) December, you know, up here in Brisbane, the big Mm -hmm. festival type thing. So we haven't emerged too far out of it, and it's almost like you see the propaganda, they're almost – you know, warning, it's almost foretelling what's coming. Now, is that going to be a real food crisis or or a manufactured food crisis? Like that's where the distinction is. Um, You know, like it's not like there's going to be no food at all, but there are things that they can do to um, ensure that they do mess with the supply chains and mess with the food system because they know that through that it's easier to to have complete control over people to drive out the middleman to have massive corporations in control so they will engineer some type of food shortage but it's not because there is a shortage of food it's just because they've manufactured it that way i mean think of most trucks across australia um rely on diesel and um uh Pete DVH brought this up on our member sessions hangout um, earlier this afternoon. They take diesel. or what happens when the price of diesel continuously goes up? Mm. You can know, have less and less trucks being able to get across Australia and all this type of stuff.
1: Well they'll just so it's pass it on to the consumers for sure.
3: Exactly. So what we're seeing now is them just pass it on. We're seeing the supermarkets price gouge everything. Mm. It's not that there is a real crisis and that the demand needs to meet that it's just corporate greed it's it's more um, manufactured control to the point because so many people rely on these massive corporate chains they rely on supermarkets and everything like that so they know if they can just um, you know tighten the belt a little bit and, and slowly drive things up while at the same time you know it's saying oh it's climate change and the war in Ukraine doing this and the more fuel goes up you know so there's northern there's a Northern Territory community paying three dollars thirty for fuel at the moment, you know, in certain communities where it's harder to get produce to. you know there's eight dollars for two litre milk in certain um Northern territory communities. Mm. They just they'll just continuously bring it up because that's part of the the whole agenda, you know, a manufactured food crisis. so they can have that solution general. So they can mm. bring in the fake meat, the fake bugs. So they can bring in the sustainable solution to everything. Oh, well, we've got no food anymore. How about we have fake GMO vegetables and and we can just make all this stuff in a lab. We don't have to rely on climate change anymore. Like this will be their type of pushing. So for me personally, I haven't seen too much at the moment um, in terms of things going up. But I can't really say because we're not too far into it. You know, they're really just starting this. And the Rockefeller Foundation and everything did talk about this during the COVID pandemic, and the UN has UN food summits every year. So it is a big topic, and I think they will do something, but it's not because there's a genuine lack of food. It's because of the structure they've corporatized and the way they'll manipulate it. Yeah,
1: so this is more of a... Uh, I guess a preparation phase that they're in now to prepare the minds of the public so that they can sit there and go, oh yeah, oh oh crisis, oh we we better be wary of this. Oh we're paying more because of fuel and oh I understand it now and yeah, they're it's getting the crisis.
3: That, they're yeah. getting that
1: mindset in them. Yeah, okay, all right. It's um, it's
3: not like it's not like you go to the shop and then you're angry. What the hell is this so expensive for? Or why can't I get this? It, you go there and you go, oh, I'm paying this because uh, the economics front cover told me three months ago the coming food crisis mm, so oh, i'm just a poop? part of the yeah or the putin <laughs> yeah putin like i'm part of the chain that's what people think instead of being naturally organically outraged when it finally does come they will just accept it because they've been told in advance that's yeah. my thoughts
1: now, there's one thing i wanted to bring up but i'll, I'll, I'll cross the ground first so i just want to make a quick note so i don't forget to, to bring it up uh because we talked about it in i think it was episode season one episode uh six or seven uh which i think was the depopulation agenda when we did that episode so we'll come back to that yeah. yeah we'll come back to that uh graham now let's let's hear from yourself there mate so down in south australia we're of course all on the east coast here you're in the middle of the country at the bottom there south australia mate have you seen the same sort of thing here do you do you venture out into the shops much um you know uh, are you seeing high prices what's the vibe same sort of question that I threw I the other these two boys mate what's your take on this
4: well uh, general i think it's similar to what uh, andy and ethan described uh, up there the uh, <clears throat> as andy said there's an element of uh, fear porn in it and then uh, Ethan gave a very good explanation of what uh, what we're facing. Uh, we're, this is a sustained uh, attack on humanity at all sorts of levels, and uh, the food uh, supply level is one of them. And uh, no, I haven't seen any major things in the shop, apart from uh, certain inflationary trends. Um, with specific items. I just noticed the other day there were beans for $22 a kilogram, so, <laughs> but uh, the bananas were nice and cheap. They were only about $2 a kilogram, and uh, avocados are cheaper than they were a year or two ago, uh, even though some companies had been made to dump them by the roadside up in North Queensland recently. Uh, again, this is, it's activity of the global parasites uh, operating through these companies, mostly big corporations. They're the ones they've got most influence on. And, uh, yeah, trying to prepare people for, uh, as Ethan said, uh, certain shortages down the track. But, yeah, it's virtually all manufactured, but uh, it it then becomes real because of the things that they're getting up to. Making diesel cost a lot of money. I've got to fill my tank up at the farm soon, so I'll be paying double what I should be. and uh, as an agriculturalist, I, I know a bit about fertilisers and uh, I often listen, as probably most of us do, to the health ranger, Mike Adams, quite regularly. And he talks about uh, all these attacks on uh, on plants in, in America and food plants. I think he's up to over 100 now. Um, and yeah, th- right. there was a, a train went, went off the rails about three days ago in somewhere Cole? in Central America. Um, It was derailed and... uh, Was it a coal train? I'm not sure. I did
1: did see something about a train getting derailed. Yeah, I do remember that.
4: Yeah, there's all sorts of things happening. So they're obviously hiring people to burn these things down. And, uh, you know, the the people behind this can do anything they like. Uh, They've got so much money. There's any number of crooks out there who do their bidding and they can offer them plenty of money. And so... As far as fertilisers go, you know, pea is costing a lot more now, and that's particularly relevant to Australia, which has a lot of uh, phosphorus deficiency because um, of our old weathered soils, potassium deficiency. and But then the big one is nitrogen, and so NPK are the big three uh, macronutrients that plants need, and they're targeting nitrogen. And And uh, Mike Adams gave a very good uh, it was like a lecture the other day. He could have been a lecturer for a first year plant biology or botany students at uni. It was very clear and talking about, he called it the harbour process. It's actually the harbour Bosch process where they, uh, they can extract nitrogen literally from the air and uh, using energy from hydrocarbons and a lot of uh, heat and pressure. Uh, convert it into ammonium fertilizer. It, it's wow. a, it was a great. It's the greatest. Uh, most people have never heard of it, but it's the biggest advance that ever was made in agriculture. Two Germans, one of them I think was a Jew. They both became Nobel Prize winners early last century. And uh, that the, these are these big nitrogen plants. This is the process that they use. And yep. so the global parasites are trying to shut these plants down and uh, they probably already have with a number of them. So they will, they're pushing up the price of nitrogen fertilizer and uh, making it scarce. And uh, for plants, nitrogen is usually the uh, the most likely element that they're going to be deficient in, the most yield sensitive element so that the parasites know this and uh, I used to give lectures on uh, on global food supply and stuff and there'd always be people at the end who'd say, oh, yes, doctor, uh, why can't we have the whole world uh, practising organic farming? And I'd say, uh, well, the way it's conducted now, uh, you would not be able to sustain a population of over 7 billion people without <coughs> using the Harbour-Bosch process and, uh, and provision of the other macronutrients you would have to have a big decrease in population so that's that shows you why they are targeting uh, this uh, these nitrogen plants and uh, running up the price of diesel which uh, so it means that yields are going to be down next year uh, across the board and uh, it's all part of the attack on humanity and uh, it uh, it's hard, yeah. The enormity well, of it. I, I still wake up every day thinking that uh, is this really happening? But, but of course it is. And uh, yeah. uh, we need to. Uh, well, Ethan's been talking about it for years. He, he was way ahead of the game uh, than than I ever was so, uh, in terms of creating your own communities. That uh, um, you know, the the great divide. Um, people like us we've decided we're not going to be part of this idiot system this pathetic new world order that they're trying to set up you know it's how did patrick henningson i think ethan you've been on a program with the great henningson he he's just yeah. brilliant that guy his yeah. uh, his explanations on what's going on in the ukraine along with alex thompson and a well, couple of other century. people are just brilliant And uh, anyway, he describes it as uh, being a slave on a digital plantation, Uh, you know, all the social credit bullshit and Mm. all this sort of stuff. It's one of the reasons I I don't even have a a so-called smartphone. I see that as a big stepping stone towards this digital enslavement. So I get by with my old... uh, Nokia, I'd show it to you, but I've left it somewhere. I often go out the front door without the bloody thing. I love it. I, I, love I have that. not attuned to the digital age, and I'm bloody glad of it, frankly. Oh. And, uh, I was, <laughs> Mate, I got you on Skype. I got
1: you on Skype for the show, so you got to, you're, you're halfway there.
4: <laughs> yes, I managed to do that, and I managed to get through 25 years at uni and, and become supposedly the world's expert on selenium and iodine Biofortification of food crops uh, without becoming very digitally uh, competent. So, yeah. I could write a decent article and get it published, but I have to go to someone else to do the stat analysis <laughs> and draw up <laughs> a decent graph or something. I can't do that stuff, but uh, hopefully I'm better at certain other things. But um, no, we're seeing all these attacks on humanity mm-hmm. at, at all these levels and uh it's going to get harder, but uh, we can grow our own food in our own communities. And this is one of the reasons I I, I, I keep in touch with people in the Pacific, uh, because I worked in the Solomons for three years when I was young. Mm-hmm. And I'm still in touch with those people. And Those people up there are, are masters of growing their own food. You know, that's their economy. They don't have any other economy. The uh, yeah, you know, they talk about logging and fishing. That's basically agriculture. Just, yeah. yeah, well, that, that's the Chinese ripping them off. That's all that is. And the uh, the royalty is going to a, a handful of people who the Chinese have bribed to take out the uh, their logs, and uh, the average person gets bugger all from it. They ruin the environment. They ruin the the culture of the place. And uh, the, their real economy is subsistence agriculture. And uh, the women in particular have great knowledge on when to grow and what to grow um, and, and they don't need inorganic fertilizers in fact they're banned in Kiribati because the uh, the government thinks they'll uh, pollute the uh, uh, the water lens yeah. which is underneath those atolls there's a yeah. There's clear water under them. And There's fresh water they, under them, yep. yeah. they don't want to pollute it with any chemicals or even inorganic fertiliser. So the, that's going to pay off for them. And mm. uh, when I was up there, on the last project I'd probably ever do as a scientist was to identify uh, locally grown uh, leafy and uh, nutritious vegetables like drumstick, chaya, even the, the humble uh, uh, that little uh, purslane, uh, oh, yeah.
0: Portulaca. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Portulaca is one of the most nutritious plants in the world. Most yeah. people think it's just a little weed and they get rid of it, but it's a very nutritious plant. And we we were making these, uh, putting out the information that these are actually valuable plants. Don't just throw yeah. them away or feed them to the pigs. And so hopefully these things will come into their, their own in uh, the way the world is going. And uh, I think all of us have probably got our bolt holes in mind, haven't we, chaps? Uh, if, the, if and when the shite hits the fan, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I certainly have. I've got about three of them. And uh, <laughs> but because so, I've put a time limit on the uh, the length of time I am ge- prepared to fight against this, and if I see that uh, uh, no one's following the example that we try to set. And I'm I'm talking to brick walls everywhere, and I'm not going to go down with them. Mm. I'm I'm going to leave. I'll be like Max Eigen or something. I don't think I won't go to Acapulco, but uh, I think the word was someone was out to get him. Wasn't that the word? And he had to get out. But uh, yeah, still the, don't uh, know
1: for sure. But anyway, but
4: yeah, Max is uh, still broadcasting, but uh, from Acapulco, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> Graham- I, I, yeah, time limit. Don't let me ramble too long. But no, I was just going to say, okay.
1: yeah. um, right. it was good to know, and we sort of come a bit sort of full circle of what we were planning to do in the future in terms of, you know, what can we do to allay all this sort of stuff. But before we, we cross over uh, to that kind of way of thinking, I wanted to just sort of, I'll just quickly screen share this again so we can see. And this is just some of the examples of sort of what we were talking about earlier in terms of, you know, this using it as a weapon against us and, you know, it's, it's all kind of mockery really when you, when you think of it. So, uh, you've probably got my screen there. Uh, this is out of the New York post vegan burger hyped for tasting like human meat wins award. Uh, this guy's put here, vegan burger made to taste like human meat received an award at Cairns. Uh, this is not a joke. The fake meat industry is now normalizing the taste of human flesh while telling you to stop eating beef. see how these parasites mock you i love how you call them parasites because that's your one of your favorite terms as well there uh graham but there you go so uh wanting us to uh eat fake meat not only fake meat but apparently meat that somehow tastes like human meat i want i'd like to know how they knew that but anyway um here's another example so in uh in i think i mentioned this before the show in holland uh so dutch farmers are protesting right uh, this is the end path of climate change activism eventually everything this is from malcolm roberts um, senator malcolm roberts in queensland uh eventually everything has to be stopped even our food supply dutch farmers are protesting new rules that will close farms and force them to kill off livestock to curb emissions uh so there's a video there you can see on the image there where they've got blockades of all their tractors and things in the highways well done to them and uh just switching over now to this one furthermore Dutch police detained uh, protesting farmers, but we're forced to let them go. The police station is completely blockaded by uh, tractors, which forced the police to obey the people. Uh, And there is footage of the entire police station just completely blockaded with tractors all the way back out of the street. There's no way they're even going to get out of there. Let the farmers go and we'll move the the tractors. How about that? and I mentioned the reason why I'm sort of saying this, because I wanted to kind of hypothesize and theorize a little bit, as I like to do sometimes. Um, way back, like I said uh, before, way back, uh, season one of the show, and we did episode six. It was, gentlemen, we called it the depopulation agenda. And we talked a little about things like you know using vaccines way <laughs> back in the day to, to kill the population. Um, I think I brought up. A um, good, our, our good old friend, Henry Kissinger, who um, in one of those memorandum famous memorandums where he talked about using food uh, as a means of basically um, culling populations, in a sense, uh, I'll paraphrase there a little bit. But, uh, you yeah, know, we talked about it way back then that 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 is probably the more likely way that they're going to if they wanted to reduce the population of any given country, state, whatever. Uh, or even globally uh, that they're going to do it through food whether it's minimizing the nutritional value in these foods making people more susceptible to disease uh, or quite blatantly not giving them enough nutrition you know and reducing them what kind of food we can eat and lots of stuff but basically food being used as a weapon and i just found it funny that that's what we're on i'll stop the sharing there because i'm just sharing my podcast anyway um that's basically where we sort of I, in a sense, I think we're all kind of alluding to it. You know, we talk about this how they want to depopulate the world and all this sort of stuff. And yes, they're probably doing a chunk of it through this vaccination campaign that they've been doing with these COVID nineteen jabs and stuff. But it we we keep coming back to things like you know climate change as being a reason to to get everyone on board with this whole food thing and you know getting rid of farms and we got all the vegetables now and, and get away from meat and all this sort of stuff. You know, it's all about making us weaker and sicker and you know, I think reducing our um, lifespan. To be honest, that's what I think it is, and that's that's one of the key ways they're going to use food as a weapon in terms of the depopulation agenda. What do you what do you think about that, Graham? As a as a as a hypothesis or as a theory?
4: Oh yes, <clears throat> yep, all of the above, uh, general. Uh, whatever they can do to demoralise people and uh, sicken them. Um, it seems make-
1: to me that's what they're doing, isn't it? You know, that's definitely using. In- That sort of everything we're seeing now, it's all about, oh, we're going to stop eating, you know, free range cow meat and stuff. Here, have some insects or here, have a vegan burger that tastes like meat, you know, like really, you know, where's the nutrition in that? Come on.
4: Yes, well, that might be to prepare us for a, a soylent green scenario. <laughs>
1: wasn't I'm, that supposed to be 2022 Then that movie? It was supposed to be set in 2022. I think it <laughs> was.
4: With uh, Charlton Heston. <laughs> yeah. yeah you might be right. Uh, so perhaps uh, down <laughs> the track, us used to the flavor of uh, the uh, human uh, meat like that, because they might be actually trying to thinking they're going to be putting real human meat in those burgers down the track. Yeah, you know, these people are are utter, utterly evil. Uh, actually, David Icke did a good talk on that recently. Uh, uh, plumbing the, uh, the the pure evil <laughs> that they are that uh, most people can't get their head around that uh, there are, oh, I suppose, there are people existing in the world today that are this evil. And uh, you talked about the depopulation agenda and you know other proponents of that of that horrible person from the Hebrew University. Udal Harari, <laughs> oh, yeah, what a yeah. psychopath, yeah, yeah. absolute psychopath. Yeah. He, uh, Openly he wrote, saying it, basically. Yeah, he wrote that book uh, several years ago that became a bestseller. I, I, someone gave it to me to read. It was okay up to about a third of the way through. Then it was just bullshit. It got into climate change and all a load of rubbish. The guy's a moron, but he's, he's fully on board with the uh, – the transhuman agenda, human 2.0 that all these psychopaths are into, trying to link us into artificial intelligence and what have you. And this is where all this androgynous stuff fits into because they they actually see themselves as some sort of demigods. You know. How deluded can you get? I mean, they mutilate their own children, a lot of them, at a very young age. And uh, and the, the whole satanic agenda is just... Astonishing. The you know Decent people like us, I'm sure we all are, uh, find it fairly hard to get our minds around it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, that, uh, the depopulation agenda is uh, very much part of this. And I soon worked that out in uh, early 2020 uh, when uh, this whole thing was rolled out. And I thought, gee, is this a ploy to just make a lot more money for big pharma? No, of course not. They're making as much money as they need to. The people who own them have a, a money tree in the form of the Federal Reserve and various other central yeah. type banks. They don't need to make any more money. There's another agenda here, and it's all about more control of humanity, as you said, mm-hmm. General. And uh, uh, ways of doing that are, first of all, you kill off a fair proportion of them. Uh, you weaken the rest of them. Mm. You make the rest into slaves. Reduce uh, the lifespan. Yep. Yes, reduce their lifespan. That's that's a weakening effect. And uh, look at look at Australia here. There, there's hardly been any pushback against this stuff. People have been so weakened in in their mindsets mm-hmm. over decades. Uh, and and then there's the fluoride in the water supply. That's uh, yep. that's uh, deadened the minds of quite a lot of people. Um, it's so many things. Dry. It's
1: just all coming together, isn't it? Everything yeah, I mean, you are prattling off right now, it's all happening. It's all <laughs> yeah, leading this right. one direction. You cannot. That's, it's undeniable.
4: <laughs> exactly. Look, in, in a way, uh, uh, you know, I, I thought I'd live out. Look, I first started studying this crowd back in the mid 80s. I, I've spoken about this before. And it was mainly from the perspective of uh, who controls global finance. But then it led into all sorts of other things, you know, Hollywood and what have you, uh, mind control and CIA and what have you, killing of JFK. Um, and, and this was all pre-9-11, of course, which they that, they perpetrated that, as we all know. The uh, uh, But... Um, What was I getting on to? But the the whole control thing leading to world government, uh, I was up to my neck in that in the late uh, 1980s, early 90s, had to step back from it for family reasons, was told to on the threat of divorce. I I was uh, getting too heavily into it, donating too much money to various people, including, as I mentioned, off air, I think, General, to David Irving, Uh, when he was investigating certain matters. Very good um, historian. Uh, Wrote uh, the two books underneath uh, the computer here. (laughs) He's Um, used them to prop up the computer. Uh, um, (laughs) Churchill's War. (laughs) Telling the truth about Churchill. And he wrote, uh, I think, Hitler's War. He wrote a very good uh, one on uh, the Hungarian uprising, called uprising, yeah. um, but he was vilified because of certain things that he was investigating and the truths that he was not afraid to tell. Um, but at any rate, I, I, this has sent me on another journey. What was I meant to be talking about, General?
1: Well, I was going to say, like all those things you've said before about all like the, the fluoride, the food, all these sort of things leading us—they're weakening the population, weakening humanity—and yet in the distance there, they've got to have something in the next phase, you know, the, the, the next, the great reset as they keep calling it, what's next, what's next for humanity, this sort of stuff. Well, you mentioned it of course, as well. It's that push for transhumanism. That's the next, that's the next goalpost that they want us to run towards. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, the next thing to strive for. Once they've done everything and put anything in plans, they've got anything else for humanity I and mean, humanity is sitting there going what next? What do we do? Where do we go from here? Go? Oh, that transhumanism thing, that sounds good. We're going to merge our bodies with the machine and we're going to be better and we'll be, we won't be—we will need food anymore. We'll have electronics to keep us going, you know, all this sort of shit. That's what's <laughs> Excuse me, that's what's next anyway. But Ethan, I might just throw it to you you sort of see where we're going with this hey? it's just this big come full circle thing it's, I, I still think that they are using food as a weapon, you know, that was part of the plan, it's been part of the plan for such a long time and we talked about that that whole um, depopulation agenda um, yep. like four years ago nearly now, you know what I mean? It was ages ago, when, when would you, let me look at when we published that and that was 29th of November 2018, so there you go, um, three and a half, yep. three, yeah, nearly four, getting on to four years anyway. Yeah, when we sort of mentioned this because we saw it back then and now all these things we're just seeing all f- slotting in it's all happening and yet that's the push the drive towards transhumanism is, is the next big goal the push ever towards as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely general and and Graham mentioned it as well. It's it's been going on for decades this whole push and and even longer than that this is a is a mm-hmm. big plan that's been ongoing and and we've been warning century, about yes. this. Yeah, we've been warning about this type of thing for for many years now and and how this is being used as a weapon, and it's all been an ongoing agenda. You know, like you talk about lifespans um, getting shorter and, and that type of stuff. It, it, they've inverted the messaging. Oh, we're living longer than ever. We're, mm-hmm. We've never been healthier. We need to push the retirement age up. Meanwhile, we're talking about food. Why is there even such a thing called organic food? My grandparents just used to eat food. There was, was no food in right. organic food. So you see how just like over mcdonald's celebrated their 50th anniversary in australia recently since they they opened up their first restaurant in australia all of this fake synthetic chemical based food all of the industry the attack against the endocrine system all of this stuff and like we are getting sicker and weaker and and it's been ongoing for for many years even before birth prenatal birth is being targeted now Mm -hmm. but they skew the statistics in the past by saying oh everyone just died of disease and famine because they just combine the averages of all of the the death rates like they do everything else with statistics if you actually survived birth (laughs) let's say in the 1930s or the 20s you lived a long time you lived a healthy life Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people from the 1930s um in, in the 1940s and everything like this that are still going strong today that are probably more healthier than my generation are mm. because they ate the right food, they did mm. all of this. But you see they they skew the stats because what they were doing was counting all of the um, mortalities at birth or during birth, which was a common thing because they hadn't worked out you know, the birthing process completely. So a lot of babies died. So if you take mm. all of those excessive baby deaths and then you average it out with the people that are alive of course people's average lifespan statistically will be shorter but i think we're actually getting sicker and weaker and it's all been a part of this plan this is what this has all been fake food everything that's in our environment everything that's in our water it's all been leading to this one moment as as you have just mentioned that's why people are so indoctrinated why they can't critically think for themselves, why chronic diseases and illness have gone up through the roof and this has all been designed so that people cry out for the solution to this which is Mm. the utopian vision which is really a dystopia of transhumanism we'll have a chip you won't have to have diseases anymore you won't have to put on your virtual reality headset and you can pretend you're in a mansion or on a beach somewhere you don't need to travel or have a house Mm -hmm. this is the the solution that they're rolling out and younger generations are, are going to take this on board um completely you know the slave yeah. class that will be left but you're absolutely right you can see how this has been a a calculated plan over many decades with many facets and Coronavirus threw it off a bit, but our narrative has been solid this whole time and everything that we've been talking about and and even before my time in the 80s and the 70s and people that have been doing great work since the Inverell forum days, Lindsay used to tell me you'd go to when there was no internet, people just used to drive from all over Australia to Inverell every year for a forum where you talk about these ideas. People have been putting that work warning about this stuff new door magazine started in 1991 there's been a lot of people even before my time warning of this so it's not all just my creation but Mm. everything that has been discussed and researched we are now living in the era where it's not a conspiracy theory anymore this is coming true and we're witnessing it before our eyes mate
1: yeah andy um have you noticed the same sort of thing Are are you hearing the what we're saying here i mean you were on that show as well when we talked about that depopulation agenda um, I, I can't help but think that we just keep pushing and pushing towards that goal every time, every, every season that goes past and we talk about this show and we start to see more and more things coming up in the world and, you know, it's just another step towards that goal, you know, of culling the population, making us sicker, getting us to a more manageable size and then, of course, steering us towards that, the ultimate dystopian, utopian, whatever you want to call it, uh, of that transhumanism goal. Uh, what's your take on that Ando? Yeah it's
2: definitely, it definitely is a push towards humans 2.0 or 3.0. actually it's funny me and um, Billy were talking about it this morning. We're, she just finished reading the um, like the altered carbon series, which sort of like upset her and the whole thing is about like it's, it's all about like humans merging with machines that, that whole really? point series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh. like it's crazy. It's sort of. Um, she wanted to read it because her son was like, you know, really raving about it and stuff like that. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, you I know. And, uh, it's just sort of anyway. She's she's a real speed reader, so she can whip through three books in in like three books, three weeks. So, mm. but at the end of it, she I, I said she says oh it just makes me so sad. I said stop reading it. Just <laughs> it's just oh I just have to and you know and and basically the whole thing is. Humans, well, they're not humans in, the, in this book's future. They're basically sleeves that they can purchase. And your, your consciousness is, is basically placed into a, like a, I think they call it a, like a cylinder, which is like, a, like about the size of a stack of, I don't know, um, you know, 50, 20 cent pieces or something like that. That's where mm. you exist in there. And then you can then then that gets inserted into your sleeve, which is basically a Android style like machine that you like put a SIM card in your phone. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So that's how that's that's human, you know, humanity in the future. And I think that's the wet dream of, of the globalists. Like eventually that's that seems to be where where we're heading. And it's like what Ethan was and, saying,
1: yeah, you just this virtual reality existence almost.
2: Yeah, yeah. And remember the first um, Terminator movie with mm-hmm. with Arnie, where yep. you know the vision <laughs> of the, um, you know the through the eye of the robot there, where it's sort of it's calculating. Oh and yeah, it's, it's all the
1: things, zooming in yeah, on certain things, and yeah,
2: measuring stuff, Great and, movie, and, and it's calculating <laughs> stuff like that. That's 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 exactly – that's what they want. They want to insert – like they want to start replacing – Yeah, well, they've um, got
1: the Google know, Lens now where they can, they can do that. It's like you're looking through your glasses and it's got things displayed in your eyes right there. And now there's yeah. even ones where they can put on like contact lenses over your eyes now, and it's the same sort of thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a step, step, step towards replacing, you know, organic like – Humanity or you mm. organic path
1: merging the with, merging
2: with merging machines mm. to eventually there'll be no need for an organic human at all. So, mm. so yeah, look, I agree with everything. I think that is that is that is the path. Um, the thing that they don't realize is that you cannot manufacture or artificially create love or empathy or a sixth sense so all of these things are, are just like fake when it comes to what humans are really made of but, yeah. um you i know, like it trying uh, to hold
1: on to what makes us human that's good andy we need that yeah need that's a reminder said, every now and again don't we just you know why we are why we're here you know our humanity what makes us human yeah and i guess like yeah. you said our empathy and we have a lot of empathy for our listeners too you know we're putting this out there we do these shows because we care you know we feel the need. feel the need to discuss these issues. They are highly important. Yeah, good points, man. I like it. Yeah, thanks, brother. Um, yeah. We might start to wrap up the uh, the episode there. I think we've kind of covered all bases uh, for this particular show. Of course, <coughs> excuse me. All the links of everything we discussed will be uh, in the show notes as well for all the listeners. Graham, mate, thanks again for um, sparing the time to. To come on here, I always appreciate. I love. I could honestly, I could just if I could just sit here and go and start, and I just sit back and just listen to you talk for hours. It'd be good. <laughs> I love the well, tangents uh, you go on. You've got such a wealth of knowledge in that mind of yours, mate.
4: And you, you, well, I don't know. Be, be careful uh, <laughs> what you wish for, general. The, uh, I could become a boring uh, person after a while. But uh, no, look, I just like to say uh, I like. The way Andy always brings up that, that story, you know, love is at the heart of this. He often does that, and does. Uh, that that is the key to it all. And uh, the, these parasites, they they have none of that, of course. And uh, uh, but general humanity has plenty, but uh, it's uh, often uh, not talked about. It, uh, certainly by the mainstream media and, and the uh, the. Look, the numerous general knowledge podcasts and uh, podcasts that Ethan has put out uh, have been tremendous in uh, discussing uh, these issues, particularly the, the transhuman story, you know, the epsilon agenda. Uh, some of them I've found really fascinating. I mm. can't get some things out of my head. The the, uh, the one that Ethan did on uh, Alice in Wonderland uh, was a beauty, really in depth and. Uh, and Thanks. the fact that uh, I think this, we're not sure whether it came out on that uh, podcast or later, uh, Aldous Huxley's mother was one of the girls that uh, the wretched uh, Lewis Carroll lusted after. Uh, that yeah. wasn't his real name. Ethan would know it, but uh, it's just mind-boggling the interconnections that you made mm. there. And and then I, because I like The Unbearable Lightness of Being by uh, Milan Kundera. Uh, his central theme was that uh, eternal recurrence of Nietzsche. And, uh, Ethan, you discussed that as as part of the, your analysis of uh, Alice in Wonderland. And talk about going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> That's the <laughs> greatest rabbit hole I've ever gone down until I got into this EGI stuff, which uh, a number of people caution me about. They think it'll... Uh, kill off my credibility the more I get into that, but I couldn't give a rat's ass. Um, But, the uh, yes, no, you talk often of of the, uh, you know, the the Depop agenda, and that is, it's very real. Uh, You know, I heard uh, that brilliant woman uh, doctor from Maine talking the other day, uh, Christiane Northrup, who's undergone a similar journey to me, I think. She... Had a re- reasonably late uh, conversion to Christianity uh, uh, in, only a year or two ago. She, her knowledge is tremendous of uh, this whole nonsense that we're going through, and and the way she speaks, she's uh, she's sort of like my my perfect woman. I've got to say, and she looks really good too. She's got to be, hell, she's got to be. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a naughty boy, you know me. She, um, she's got to. <laughs> She's got to be 60 or more, but gee, she re- looks really she good. She looks after herself, eh? Yeah. Oh, I, I,
1: I've, and, I think I've heard her on, an, um, might have been the High Side Chats or something. I think I've, I've heard her talk on another podcast. Yeah, it was terrible. an excellent episode, yeah.
4: Highly intelligent. Yeah, and, big time. Uh, but she's got so much humanity in her, and, and she knows this whole agenda, the depop agenda. She was talking about the Georgia Guidestones. You, you guys know them. They. The figure of humanity there is only half a billion people. So there's a lot of killing that these parasites need to do to get down to only half a billion from about 7.7. And uh, uh, so that's at the heart of this matter. Um, And and you've got some very evil people behind that. You know, uh, Stanley Johnson, Boris's father, uh, he's a a neo-Malthusian and uh, this Harari from the Hebrew University, and you've got, uh, yeah, poor old Henry Kissinger. Uh, mm. Can't someone shut off his adrenochrome supply? I'm sick oh. of the sight of Henry Kissinger around. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's about no, right. 98 now. Shut off his supply. Get Little rid of him.
1: blob that he is, <laughs> yeah.
4: And he's the world's worst ever uh, war criminal. You know, he even puts uh, Tony Blair in the shade. Yeah. Um, And didn't your blood boil the other day when, uh, well, there were the Queen's birthday honours here, and who was honoured? Dr. Murphy, Professor Murphy, all the perpetrators of the corona hoax. Yeah, that was all uh, intentional, yeah. Yeah, mirrored what happened in England a few months before. They gave a knighthood to that disgraceful, uh, satanic-looking individual who is uh, Boris Johnson's chief medical advisor, Professor Chris Whitty, he mm. got a, a knighthood. Uh, Van Tam, Jonathan Van Tam got one. Uh, that horrible person uh, who was the chief scientific advisor, uh, he already had a knighthood. Uh, and then they gave the the greatest knighthood you could give, the highest one of all, something to do with the garter or some bloody thing, yeah, yeah. To, to the war criminal Blair, yeah. uh, who also what, had a pretty... Really? Yeah, he had a
1: had a big as well the bush while you're at it, you
4: know. <laughs> yeah, he had a big role in the quacks rollout as well. So it seems that the more you can undermine the country, the bigger traitor you can be, uh, the you'll bigger be. criminal, the bigger quizzling quaxling, you name it. The higher the honour you get, mm. so it's pretty obvious that the whole system is rotten to the core, and. Mm. Uh, if people haven't seen yet, that yet, it's about bloody time that they did. And, uh, you know, I've got a mate who, who's a genius. I've probably mentioned him before, Joe Smith. And I find it hard to to get him along to the freedom rallies or and to, to do things like that that some others of us do. And, uh, but I, I think that he's seen that the, the whole thing is so rotten, and it was in late 2019, that uh, it deserves to be dragged down. So he's sort of sitting back and waiting for it to end up in a pile of rubble. But whereas I've adopted a different approach I'm fighting it with everything I have while I can, because I actually enjoy doing it. I've got to say that the uh, I, I was drifting through life before, but I'm enjoying this battle. And if I die doing it, I couldn't give a rat's ass. But, and if I provide some sort of um, example to others, then it's good. But Joe... It's hard to drag him out, but I think he's sitting back waiting for a post-apocalyptic world, which he has written about in some of his books. The guy, his, his mind is so ahead of most of us. Um, he's not wasting his time going to freedom rallies and doing stuff like I do and speaking <laughs> out. But uh, I think he should do more of it. But at uh, any rate, uh, so he he, think, he he knows that the whole society that we have is so rotten which has been demonstrated over the last two and a half years all of our institutions have been white-handed and uh, all of us have, have seen that and ethan saw it coming years ago um yeah we still there uh, uh, yeah i'm
1: just showing i just found her so
4: yeah but anyway so that's a that's one um perspective from a guy who's got an iq of probably 200 uh he's just waiting for the uh, the thing to collapse in a heap. So, oh, there's Christiane Northrup. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I had to <a> find this
4: <laughs> looking woman. I had to
1: find her for the listeners.
4: Yeah. Look at her there. Hey, you're not wrong, lady. Andy. You're
3: not
4: wrong. She, she looks she's
3: like so... she's like forty. 40 yeah, she's she's
1: in good shape for being the same age as you, roughly. Maybe. But there, yeah, that's her. Yeah, yeah. I definitely right. listened. I just want to try in quickly. Yeah, that's I definitely a, caught that hilarious. episode she's of. Got, um, she was on, website, on my side yeah. chats. Yeah.
4: It's probably worth joining her uh, her website. She's very good um she she operates in maine and uh, uh she uh yeah she's very good uh, i think she's got some links with children's health defense you know robert health robert yeah, yeah. She's,
1: she's aligned herself with a few of those yeah. yeah he's very good she's a woman's health advocate and all this sort of
4: stuff yeah, yeah. that's right she's an expert on mm. fertility mm. Uh, she uh that reminds me I, I got an email from robert kennedy the other day. The, uh, I sent him the uh, – because I must have sent him something about a year ago. Mm. So, I had the an email and uh, sent him that 40-minute talk I did up on the farm in which I uh, – just a minute, I've got his uh, his book here, uh, which I had a bit of a focus oh, on. I had a Fauci focus one, yeah. yeah, The real Anthony Fauci. And, uh, yeah, I got, a, I got a reply saying, great, that was really good. So, uh, the next talk I've done, which I did last week um, – at the behest of this Chris, who's my contact in the U.S., who sends me a lot of interesting stuff, he introduced me to, to Mr. E., the transvestigator. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he said, you, you want to focus on the Fauci book, make it a shorter sort of thing, and uh, um, you, you could end up getting an interview with Robert Kennedy. So oh, there's there's Mr. E.'s work there on two of our chief public health officers. Look at them there. Uh, the one on the left is a fairly obvious one. Um, our one is somewhat less obvious, but I think she's one as well. Um, so these are the people who rule us these days uh, across the world, and uh, Hollywood is full of them. The sporting world is full of them. And look at the sign she's making. That's the triple six sign, isn't it? Um, and, yeah, I always thought something yeah. satanic about that, Picture. I couldn't put my finger on it, but something satanic about that picture of Spurrier with her arm, her sleeve rolled up, gazing into the camera. Um, and now I see that it truly is a satanic-inspired uh, way of trying to lure people to their deaths. So these are the the people that rule us. It's, it's just bizarre. But uh, a lot of lot of the tennis players are actually. No, look, I'm not going to go any further. No, we won't go any further. Than if Stuart gets wind of this, he's going to say, I told you not to, to mention this stuff because he can't countenance it. Um, we, so, might, um,
1: uh, we might wrap it up there, Grace. Yes, uh, we better wrap just, it up. Just gonna, an hour and a half. so I'm
4: going to um, go crazy. Actually, one thing, one thing yeah, more. Fire away quickly. We've got time. This is a big weekend for my family. Um, my not exactly niece but she's the daughter of my cousin not the one who's on the board of CSL Uh, she is rowing in the Henley Royal Regatta and her name's Sarah Marriott and uh, she is a a force of nature this girl she is uh, she's only about 16 or 17 and she's in the St Catherine's School Girls 8 from Melbourne and you can Watch—they're they're rowing in a final at 8:30 our time, which is 9 p.m. your time. I'll be watching it. Uh, it's on the Henley Royal Regatta website, and uh, they only row two crews at once. It's quite narrow part of the Thames. But I watched her last night in the semi-final, and she uh, has hair flowing everywhere. She's rows in the six seat. She is really powerful, like Olympic class, I would suggest. And so they've got a good chance of winning. And uh, this is just a, a Melbourne school. They're up against some of these clubs that all they do is row. They're up against a, a, a crew from Florida, some university. They All they do is row. Uh, so if if they were to beat them, that would be massive. But even to come close is pretty good. So... So we're all 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 fired up, our family, and um, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, so uh, I'll be watching that in a few minutes' time.
1: Awesome, yeah, I'll go man. I hope she goes well. Rose, a little heart out there.
4: Thank you. Yep, she's uh, she's she is really good. I tell you. Drop
1: us an drop us an email, uh, mate, if if she if she gets up and if you can get a link or something from some footage, that'd be good. Yeah, like to see that. Cool. All right, um, Ethan. um, Well. Anything else to add for the show, mate? You're all good?
3: All good, General. Uh, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I could just sit back and listen to Graham talk. You know, for three hours. I wish Graham just had his own podcast. You know, just totally talking about his stuff.
4: Um, well, I'm, you but, know, I'm, I'm a digital luddite. I wouldn't know how to go about it. That's the problem. Yeah, I, I rely yeah. on you guys to to get me out there. I
3: can just I can
1: just see us one day. We'll we'll dig up this treasure trove of like an old suitcase, and inside will be just like all these little cassettes with him which sitting there. Pressing record on a recorder just sitting there talking away for ninety minutes, uh, and yeah. filing it away in the suitcase, <laughs> nothing labelled, just in there, random
4: thoughts. Right. Yeah.
3: That'll be about That's the, what we uh, need.
4: the level of my technological achievement. Yeah,
3: but it'll be like probably, a time survive <laughs> probably survive longer. Probably survive longer than anything online. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Sorry. I um, just want to say thanks to to Graeme for for tuning in mm-hmm. and for joining us here um, when he can. You know, that's we do get those opportunities to hear from the man himself, which is good and awesome. a really good episode. We've covered a lot about the bigger picture stuff that's going on. So thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to everyone out there. And, you know, make sure you head over to our websites for more news mm-hmm. and media from across Australia. Awesome.
1: Thanks, Ethan. Andy, anything else to add before we let um, our guests go and finish up for tonight?
2: No, just a big thank you to Graham and um, like I said at the start of the show, we always love having him on. It's always it's always really, really, yeah, really entertaining. And um, yeah, we covered you. a lot of stuff tonight, so it was awesome. Yeah. Awesome.
4: Hasta La Vista baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Just, it's, uh, just to chime pleasure. in with
1: a terminator line well done <laughs> yeah it's a pleasure
4: and a privilege always to be with you and uh keep up the great work you do it's it's really it's brilliant and it's necessary and uh hopefully your your uh, your uh, your audience is increasing all the time you certainly richly deserve it
1: awesome thanks graham uh and yeah, yeah um fun. just yeah we've we've Hit over the hundred and thirty-five thousand download mark, which is awesome. Um, I remember I listened back to a show not long ago. and It was like, uh, it was in season two, sometime. I re-listened to it. It was like, oh yeah, we we just hit forty thousand. I'm like, far out. That was in two seasons ago. We're flying through. It's going really well. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought just let everyone know. It's just getting better and better. The lots of more downloads. So please share it and uh, like it and comment and. Um, yeah, spread spread it around, folks. Um, it's it's always good. To, it always definitely helps as well. And, and again, Graham, thanks again for coming on, buddy. Good to see you again. Um, glad to see you all well. Glad to see you still running up those big hills, mate. Running up that hill.
4: Yep, I'll be running um, up that yeah. hill tomorrow night. And you've met my cat Pixie. She yeah. <laughs> okay. <her head> now <laughs> I mean, again, there.
1: one of us will be talking, and we just see this cat come up into frame. So all the members yep. who uh, get to watch this video will be able to see that. <laughs>
4: Yep, fun, she's uh, she's my best friend. All the rest of the family live up in Brisbane, as you know. So uh, it's just me and Pixie here.
1: Good on you, mate. Holding down the fort. Well, hopefully we can catch up Love again it. in person again for a beer, mate. It would be good to see you again.
4: Yep, likewise. Right. Yeah, Thanks for having me. Thank no you.
1: worries, mate. We'll let you go. Thank you so much, mate.
4: All the best, guys. Yep. Cheers.